Hi there. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about passion-driven software. Um, I had a meeting the other day with somebody who was talking about business initiatives and, you know, the future of building a particular project. And uh, one of the uh, things that I have heard or some of the patterns I noticed, you know, which is something that I have, I've heard throughout my entire career, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say something to the effect of, you know, we don't want to involve emotion into our decision-making process. We don't want to involve emotion in our decision-making process. And, you know, my response was that, you know, the reason why a lot of companies, you know, are not able to get to that secret sauce that actually makes a particular product relevant to the people is that we try to eliminate the very thing that makes us as human beings which is our emotions machines are formidable they don't have emotions they don't have passion they don't have anger or love or hatred or any of these emotions that actually you know kind of reflect itself in the experiences that we build as software engineers I've always said, you know, there is this common phenomena in, our, in the software industry that's something that I call cargo culting, which is basically when people join the software industry and they do what everyone else is doing without actually understand the reasoning behind why some a group or, or a group of people or so why their leadership is following a particular pattern or a particular practice, you know, without actually understanding the reasoning behind it. And I believe this is one of the things, you know, that just got inherited throughout the years since the beginning of the software industry, you know, early 19, early 1970s or even before then, you know, when people just thought being an intelligent person is to try to imitate the machine, try to imitate the cold machine that doesn't have any emotion or nearly as much intelligence as a human being. You know, the early days of the 2000s when people would look at, you know, movies like The Matrix or, you know, iRobot and they say, the more I am like the machine, the faster I am or better I am or smarter I am, you know, and everybody, you know, thought, well, then the more likely I am a machine, the more likely I am emotionalist, the more likely I am to succeed. This is all wrong. This is all garbage, garbage thought. You know, this doesn't make any sense, actually, because... Um, simply one of the most successful products uh, in history some of the most successful products that we've seen out there you know if you look how Steve Jobs was you know working on his own products trying to kind of you know try to make it an extension of human beings trying to make it something that you know people could relate to something that is very intuitive even a grandma in Nebraska could actually pick up a, an iPhone today and understand how it's it's working and that that's that's the greatness of Steve Jobs as a as an innovator as a revolutionary um, uh, thinker is that he tried to kind of pull the industry back from this um, uh, really idiotic you know um, kind of ideology uh, with with the imitation of the machine and you know try to actually make it more um, uh, relevant you know in terms of humanity engaging empathy uh, love uh, harmony and humanity into the uh, the product that is being built and the software that is being designed and developed now with all of that in mind you know we have to understand few things you know okay so there is cargo culting there is people that follow patterns and, and practices without really understanding you know the actual reasoning behind it but there are also those who are uh, in a way not sure how to kind of 
bake in emotions in their decision-making process and bake in emotions in their uh, in the in the code that they're writing. So you, as a software engineer, you wanna you wanna build passion-driven software. You wanna put your passion into it. Your passion can be driven by so many things. Passion is a complicated um, um, uh, emotion that can be driven by love or hatred or fear. You know, whatever is out there that is driving your passion. It's not just love that drives uh, you know passion. It's so many other uh, different uh, primitive level emotions that basically make someone want to do something. Some people, you know, you know, lose a loved one or a parent or whatever, you know, and you know their sadness creates passion for them to go and try to beat cancer, for instance, if they've lost a lot a loved one because of cancer, whatever the case may be. So passion can be driven by by so many different things. But going back to the topic here, you know, if emotion or passion can be uh, uh, originated or generated by so many other different types of thoughts and, and, and emotions, um, in order for you to bake this into your software, you have to consciously write your code. You have to consciously write your code, thinking and living and embodying the very reason why you're doing what you're doing. One of the most recent projects, uh, open source projects that I'm building these days is an open source schooling system to basically help the financially disadvantaged students in the world. I believe that every single person out there has a birthright to be educated, to be helped out, you know, and schools is, is our first way we interact with society in a systematic way and if our schools are is not as warm and as welcoming and as caring as our homes as our mothers you know people start running into these you know conflicts of emotions you know when they see that the very institutions that are supposed to be taking care of them and educating them you know are also the very institutions where they get bullied and they get pushed around and they get told that they're failing and all that kind of stuff Without going on a tangent with how the educational systems run today, the point that I'm trying to make here is that this is an example. You know, every time I, I put code in my OSSS project, the open source schooling system, I try to think about these reasons. You know, the reasons why I am passionate about this project. Why am I putting the time and effort and putting in my heart and soul, sweat and blood to actually make sure that you know someone out there will have the opportunity and will have the chance to actually grow and evolve and and be their own person you know eventually one day uh, leveraging a schooling system that actually tries to invest in their growth and starts instead of trying to make them feel bad about themselves and making them feel you know unqualified for whatever you know um, standard or whatever um, uh, curriculum they're supposed to be meeting so engaging, baking in back passion and your emotion into the software you're building, it all starts from the requirement gathering. Any software engineer out there will understand, will tell you something to the effect of, if you want to build great software, let's start with the requirement gathering and then let's break it down into tasks and let's create designs and then let's do development and deployment and demos and all the little steps of the software development life cycle great so you start with, with the requirement gathering who is who are these people that you're gathering requirements from 
And why are you gathering the, the requirements from these people, right? If you're going out there into a mom and pop shop and you're trying to help them build like a grocery store website, for instance, you have to live and embody the passion and the dream that you want to help these financially disadvantaged people, those who can't develop software for themselves. You have to live the passion of um, uh, helping them out by extending their dreams throughout your skill sets to whatever makes sense to them, to, the, to something that could actually help them in the long run. The same thing happens when you're building software that is meant to be accessible for those who are you know, disabled, those who don't have the you know, capacity of a non-disabled person. You know, you're thinking in every single line of code and every single step of the way, you're putting in that time and effort of empathy See, passion can also be driven by empathy as it can be driven by any other emotion. You're putting in that mindset in there and you're saying, you know, I am going to be building this software with a passion to actually develop systems that are accessible and usable for those who don't have the same capacity or the same abilities that I have today. This is passion driven software. Without mentioning any names, I did a little bit of research about companies who try to bake in um, um, uh, quality and passion as first-class citizen decision-making processes on the software that they're building versus companies that claim to be, you know, successful, yet they try to deny the very thing that makes them human beings, which is the emotions in their decision-making process. And I can guarantee you today, without actually referencing anybody, that it doubles in revenue. It doubles in revenue. Some companies generate 200, just in 2020, 2020 uh, revenue report, um, companies that engaged passion and honored um, this third dimension of our decision-making process um, have doubled their revenue from companies that were just claiming to be just a simple enterprise application provider instead of you know and denied every single step of the way and i've been around a lot and i've seen you know so many of these different companies and you'd hear it and you would feel it in the very culture of the company um how do you solve this problem let's say you are a passion-driven software engineer you like to build things that you're passionate about and that could be anything you like it could be building the software itself irregardless of the domain that you're working in could be a passion teaching people helping people changing the culture you know um you know evolving the software industry itself from within by by living and building real life products and projects so let's say you're a one man you know standing there and you are in a company that doesn't really honor that you're gonna have to advocate for this you're gonna have to advocate for uh, involving our emotions and passions and our purposes into what we're building because that's the thing that actually makes a software successful people who bake this secret sauce into their software along with um, uh, excellency of engineering because you still have to be good at what you're doing yeah you're passionate but if you're ignorant and you're not able to build great software this passion will just be just that just emotions and maybe that's why some people thought you know oh please don't involve emotions into our decision making process maybe some people say that because you know the people that usually talk about their emotions maybe they're not as technically capable capable of building great software but it's a little bit different here you know because in this case here 
if you are really good at your technical skills, really good at building hardware and software, and really good at designing systems and being able to work as a good teammate and a good team player, you know, in any software engineering team, this third aspect is, is now the one thing that you might be missing to actually exceed the expectations. That's the one thing that you want to actually involve, you know, in your design. And like I said, you know, feel these feelings. Allow yourself to feel happy or sad or angry while you're building your software. Allow yourself to be a human being when you're designing these systems so you can actually develop, you know, something that people would actually... Because these... Here's the thing. These emotions transcend through the products that you're building. They transcend somehow, somewhere... Maybe we don't have the science for it yet. Maybe the science isn't on it, you know, evident on it yet. But somehow you could feel when you're building software that the software itself is transcending some sort of um, uh, emotions through the keyboard, through the through computer monitor, through the, the phone. You know, when you see an exception happening, an error happening in your system, and you see the error, the difference between someone who says error occurred, versus someone who says, oops, sorry, we made a mistake, let's try that one more time. You can tell that there is there is emotion and there is passion baked into even the exception handling, even the error display process that actually, you know, you can feel it, you can see it in the design of buttons and the design of, you know, text boxes and forms and, you know, it goes from the simplest controls on your UI to the, you know, largest systems in terms of architecture. You have to bake that in there, and you have to treat it as a first-class citizen. So anyway, this this was just a you know a little tiny you know kind of insight, something I've been thinking about since I've heard you know this statement over and again. You know, you know don't, don't let's not involve passion or emotion. Let's not involve emotion into this. I've also heard some people that would say you know well it's selective. You want to put it in some place. You want to put your emotions in some place, but not in other places. That's just as terrible as saying nothing at all because, you know, you can't just switch on and off from being human to not, you know. You have to allow yourself to experience the, the, the entire spectrum of your emotions while you're doing whatever you're doing. Whether it's software or baking cookies, it doesn't matter. Live your life as a human being and bake these emotions into whatever you're building because that's actually what makes relevant a successful product, something that people would actually care about, something that actually can exceed its expectations and achieve its goals. Um, that's pretty much it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, you know, uh, I'll see you in another uh, uh, podcast. Thank you so much.